I'm starting now. Okay. Okay. Uh, the, Can you hear me now? The world missed out on the Totino's rant. Uh, that's no, okay. Jamie. I they didn't miss out on shit. <laughs> Ask yourself the big question: <laughs> When you go to the store, and you're like, you know what I'd like to have? I'd like to have a delicious snack that can only come in two temperatures, molten and burning the inside of your mouth, and kind of room temperature. You know what that snack is, Jamie? It's the Totino's Pizza Roll. And I know what you're thinking. Totino's Pizza Roll. Right, and I know what you're thinking, but Brandon, what if, like, I don't have big Totino's money, and I want that knockoff generic, like, Target brand pizza roll? They don't have them. They don't exist. Big Totino's shuts them down. It's it's only Totino's? It's only it's Totino's. Only, it's, it's Totino's or go get a fucking bagel bite, you goddamn mo. <laughs> like, you and I both know, ain't nobody fucking getting excited about bagel bites. Like, you can say it. Like, the slogan's great. I get it. Pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening, pizza at supper time, <laughs> because pizza's on a bagel and you can have pizza anytime. And that's great. It's catchy as fuck. But what it doesn't do is deliver little bites of disappointing microwave pizza that almost act as a savory gusher. Because I know what you're thinking, Jamie. Boy, these fruit snacks are odd. It's weird to have this gelatinous goo shooting in my mouth like some sort of satisfying load. Oh, sh- oh. Boy, howdy. I wish it tasted like Chef Boyardee. (laughs) Hey, Jamie, fast fact. Have you ever wanted to know what it tastes like to blow Chef Boyardee? (laughs) Totino's knows. Totino's, Totino's knows. <laughs> I, I think. Oh shoot! I'm messing with stuff. Uh, what are you playing with now? I don't. Is so I've what seen you, the I've seen the Saturday Night Live sketches where they talk about like Totino's pizza rolls. Is it actual? Is that an actual company? Y- is is the age gap between you and I that big that in college you did not enjoy the Totino pizza roll? I I, I believe it might be a uh a demographic gap. Oh, this is a culture thing. Uh yes. Uh Totino's okay. Totino right. pizza rolls were not a thing. Gotcha. Okay. So, all right. Th- this makes sense. Jamie enjoys a higher quality of snack, which makes a lot of sense because he is not a goddamn raccoon like I am, Steve. <laughs> Your old pal Trash Panda over here understands that sometimes when you get home from school, you need yourself a snack. Now, initially, to build this Adonis of a frame that you see before you, when you're 13 and you're like, well, I'd like to have something. There used to be the little Mama Celeste pizza for one. Yeah, yeah, we had those. Right, so you had those, right? And they had that little the, that little delicious crisping uh, ring on the bottom yeah, of it. And yeah. It never really quite worked, but like kind of worked. And it always felt like fucking weird science to me. Like it didn't make any real sense to me. Yeah. I'm sure somebody could explain it to me. I'm sure it has something to do with the surface of the actual thing, not the actual color of it, and it not sticking and then inverted and causing sort of, you know, uh, cooking along the bottom of it because it conducts heat or something like that, probably. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> anyway, so the bagel bite was then the successor to the pizza for one because then you ended up getting little itty-bitty mini bagels yes. that were cut in half. Yes. And then the bagel bite came in basically like 
you could cook bagel bites. You could you could microwave them, which is the common thing. And if you microwave them, basically they would either be like slightly undercooked and a little doughy, but then you knew that you didn't have a hockey puck because if you overcook those bagel bites, same crisping system on the bottom, you basically ended up with like just uh, croutons, like big fuck round croutons with some like shitty pizza topping on top right <laughs> yeah so we so now, we had we had the little celeste pizza we had the okay. bagel pizza right 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 now there once came from a land far far away <laughs> the hot pocket <laughs> and the hot pocket <laughs> then gave us like basically a calzone but more portable right like and introduced the idea of Hey friend, have you ever burned your mouth on a on like a, a pop tart fresh out of the toaster? Would you like to do that with some pizza? <laughs> we would you like to do that with some pizza? We never made it to hot the hot pocket era. I don't I don't know if it was if it was a thing that I don't know I, for whatever reason the hot pockets were not in our cupboard. We had like well, rice cakes and right, the Celeste you, pizzas and right because your parents cared about you. That's why. <laughs> Latchkey uh, trash panda over here definitely did not have a parental unit that cared because by this point mom was long gone and I was definitely fending for myself. Oh no! Yeah, get ready for sad short story corner with your old pal Brandon. Now, <laughs> in turn, many a dinner dinner was a hot pocket, right? Oh shit! Now they came in many a flavor. You you got your ham and cheese. Your pepperoni pizza, uh, your steak and cheese. There's a lot of end cheese. These sound amazing. And they're not. Okay, let's be clear. They taste fine for what they are. Yeah. Very similar to like, you don't go to, uh, I don't know, you don't go to Burger King for a really good burger. No. No, no, no. You know what you're getting. You're yeah. getting Burger King. Yeah. You're not confused about it. You're not mad about it, per se. You're making a choice, and you're going, this is what I will decide to eat today. <laughs> cool. Fine. The Hot Pocket is very much similar in that sense. Now, <laughs> when that technology hit, basically, all us latchkey kids were gathering together and watching commercials of parents who cared about their children <laughs> who had, like, garage bands. And normally, <laughs> you'd make, like, the like the Velveeta like chili dip yeah the Hormel chili yeah yeah Velveeta cheese you yeah pour it together and then you know you get chips and everything else like that yeah and it's like the Wisconsin mom and she's like oh yeah you guys want some cheese dip and you're like yeah mom <laughs> oh, yeah. we're gonna write the next big thing <laughs> yeah this song's gonna totally take down the Bush regime um so like and you're you're eating your chili dip and you're trying to write punk rock music because that's what you do when you're a sad white kid now. <clears throat> When you don't really wait, have hold, hold, hold on, we have to go back to that. <laughs> no, we don't. Yeah, we do. I covered it. No, no, the band. What is the question? The band. The band. What happened the to the band? What happened to the band, Brandon Chalmers? What happened to the band? What? It never even got a name, Jamie. It never got off the ground. Because oh. what you had was one kid who was playing bass, a guy who kind of played guitar. We could never find a drummer because nobody had the money for it, uh, and none of us had garages. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the drum kit was always the issue, mm -hmm. and 
reasonably, you can't do punk rock with an acoustic guitar. So then you start doing the, like, you soften, and you're like, well, maybe this song won't take everything down, but maybe I can be the next, the next acoustic Ben Folds. And then you start getting way into Dave Matthews, and then you start playing Wonderwall together, and then, like, you and another friend decide that you're both going to get acoustic guitars. You're going to go, like, do just a bunch of Hootie and the Blowfish covers. Oh, Jesus. And then you end up in a band in high school, and then end up cutting a demo tape, and then you get kicked out of the band. Wait, you cut a, a demo, demo tape? tape. Really cut. You cut a no, demo no, no, tape? No, no. No, 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 no. I wrote the music uh, that then went on the demo tape that I didn't get a chance to actually perform What the on. fuck? You, 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 Brian Wilson did and the Beach Boys kicked you out? Uh, aggressively over a girl, uh, and because of someone you know. So, yeah. I don't trust um, that motherfucker so, now. I mean, I shouldn't have trust. <laughs> why did you trust him for this long? Why did, why did I? Because <laughs> that's the way this works. We're all high school friends and everything else like look, that. Look, On the plus look, side, look, it, look. It, was, it was one of my first, like, bunch of people get out of the truck to come confront me about bad shit. I immediately ignored everybody who's mouthing off with me and pick a fight with the biggest guy. <laughs> like, without question. Like, no question. Just immediately just start pushing at him. I mean... Look, y'all want to go? I'm going to knock you the fuck out first, and then I'll decide what I do with the rest of you. It, it sounds like some somebody hasn't gone much beyond high school. So, I'm just <laughs> saying, I'm just saying, if you didn't trust him, then why did you trust him? <laughs> <laughs> and why didn't you warn me? He kicked you out of that band over a g motherfucker. Now, in all fairness, I don't believe actually he kicked me out of the band. I think that was a group man. decision because I somehow did him dirty. Um, so, you also, know, also, this is high school drum. Also, it turns out you don't need a drum kit to make a drum. All you need is a is an oil barrel or a or a, a, a whatever a barrel well, and a baseball bat, and you just hit it. <laughs> Right, we'll get into that kids' bop shit later. Anyway, so to double back to my short story about making bad decisions at 18 years old. Now, we are sub-18. Let's say we are like 15 and a half, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Right, so like you get home from high school, right? It's it's earlier than everybody else. Mm -hmm. You got the TV on. You're like, okay, what am I going to do? A uh, little bit of homework, sure, whatever. You know you're going to hang out with your friends. All right, so friends all meet up at one centralized house, right? And you're all kind of doing the same thing. You're all just kind of fucking off and joking around and playing video games and doing the shit that you do when you're a kid in the suburbs, right? Mm. No no real concerns about the world or anything else like that. Yeah. I, I give the sad short story time and everything else like that, but let's not pretend that I never had to go without as far as the, like, roof over my head, food in the fridge or whatever it is. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I cannot pretend that, like, I had it rough in that sense. So don't want to give anyone the wrong intent or anything else like that. Anyway, so... When you had a lot of friends over, you had to try and host. Now, mm. that means you had to cook for everybody. Mm. Now, mm -hmm. if you aren't a great cook at the time or don't have the resources to be able to cook for everybody, you got it. You're, you're shut down limited options. So what do you do? Well, you figure out what is the equivalency of the college hors d'oeuvre and you choose the Totino's pizza <laughs> roll. A very scrunched down, like, what what looks like <laughs> it's about the size of a movie ticket yeah yeah okay and it's and it's a little like puffy thing and it's full of cheese in some cases cheese in some cases cheese and pepperoni like the little cube pepperoni and like yeah. sometimes a little a little sausage and just a little bit of sauce and it's not good pizza it's not bad pizza because really it's not really pizza 
mm-hmm. in the same sense that deep dish is more lasagna than it is pizza. It has all of those items that make pizza, but it is not the same. Like if, if you order deep dish and I order Domino's, we can't reasonably go, yep, they're both pizza. Like, <laughs> no, one is deep dish yeah. and one is trash. Yeah, like, yeah. And that is an important <laughs> distinction to make. I I think I think the reason I think the reason why I never had the the pizza roll experience is because like from the time I was six to even after college I had always done shit after school there was shit to do after school like oh so yeah no yeah like there was there was orchestra to be had if there wasn't orchestra there was karate class if there wasn't a karate class there was track so like eating after school was eating after we did these activities which meant eating dinner so we go and like you remember when mcdonald's had 100 piece chicken nuggets me and my brother remember when mcdonald's had 100 piece chicken nuggets no but that sounds delightful yeah because we would get them and we would house them and then we would look around and be like we need to order another 100 chicken nuggets (laughs) or like they had they had like 99 cent big macs so like you you spend 10 bucks you get 10 big macs you house them after track and then your parents come home and then you eat dinner again because that's the way that's what happens. See, okay, so you, so you were mis- so you were misbehaving, but you also had parents that care. So you <laughs> had at least a regular staple dinner. Now, please understand. Yeah. I on many an occasion would take the pizza roll. Then when my friends would go home for dinner, I'd then eat a hot pocket. So there's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So- so by the time so by the time we had free time to hang out with people, it would always be on the weekends. We would we would get the pay per view and we would watch WrestleMania and we'd order a pizza. Yeah, there there was no ordering the pay per view or anything else. Well, like we that. we that, didn't order that the, wasn't happening. We didn't order the pay per view. My friend had a black box, and okay. he, he was able to get the pay per view. <laughs> we we never had a friend with a black box. It was always like hear about it and and rewatch it on Monday. Though honestly, growing up like. Up until probably high school, I was the only friend that I had who watched wrestling on the regular. That's weird. I I, I, I think that was one of those. Yeah. Because the like my my best friend growing up, his mom really looked down on that as like Uh, awful trailer park entertainment. Yeah. She's like, no, you will watch a lot of shit, but you're not watching that. (laughs) Like, like, and she drew a weird line where she was like, at least South Park's fucking funny. Um, you're not watching wrestling. <laughs> so she wasn't concerned about like it being inappropriate. Yeah, the content wasn't like the problem. Like the content wasn't the problem. It was she genuinely was like, you deserve a higher quality <laughs> of, of shit content. Like that's funny. We we didn't have wrestling growing up because it was always it was always on cable. But I had a friend who was into right. it and my dad used to talk about it because he was into wrestling growing up because when you grow up in Sacramento ain't shit else to do so like he he would watch wrestling out there and um right I I think WWF at the time had like a cartoon uh so uh, we would watch Hulk the cartoon I think had, had a cartoon and then other wrestlers would show up like Sergeant Slaughter and stuff like that and yeah I think that's what made him into being on G.I. Joe yeah so we we watched that shit so we were aware okay. of wrestling, but it wasn't until like high school that we had a friend who had a black box. Yeah, but that's kind of the best time because leading up before that, that was like that real awful like 
you know, the goon and Mantar and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, you weren't missing shit no. up until you were in high school. Yeah. So that, high school that was the sense. attitude era, man. Like yeah. early attitude era. <laughs> Yeah, no, you you're good. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so the pizza roll. Okay, pizza, pizza roll. roll. Pizza roll. Yeah, the pizza roll is the is this sad, delicious little treat. And of course, the only way that you can serve a pizza roll, like the proper way to microwave pizza rolls, right, is too many of pizza rolls on a plate, right? Yeah. Uh, put it in for for like a minute or maybe like forty seconds. Turn uh, like open the microwave. Turn the plate. Even when the microwave is rotating, it's still not <laughs> rotating the plate. Right? Turn the plate. Then another like forty seconds. Pull that thing out. They should be splitting down the sides. Yeah. They should be self venting. Yeah. Then, while they are cooling, and the grease on top is still nice and sticky, you come in <laughs> nice like sticky. fucking. You come in like Emerald Lagasse, and just old bay salt bay the oh, shit out of fuck. those things. I mean, oh. up on high. I'm talking, Jamie. Put them on the kitchen table. Stand atop a kitchen chair. Yeah. And just let that Baltimore goodness mm. just rain down mm. upon those delectable mm. little morsels. I want to get yeah. that now. I'm gonna go to the that, store. That little bit of right spice. Now. That little bit of salt sitting right atop there. Perfect. I Perfect. I I feel like a traitor to my state because I grew up in Maryland. But I feel like Rockville isn't real Maryland because we didn't have we don't have Old Bay here. Like we like I didn't have oh, no, Old you, Bay. You, you, do. <clears throat> you just weren't part of that. And in all fairness, that's because Rockville's better than the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> I like I was I never had like Old Bay until I got into college. And and someone said like we're having a crab feast and I was like what the fuck is a crab feast and he looked at me like you're from Maryland and you don't know what a crab feast is I'm like oh no yeah I, I I think that's more your household than anything else if if the trade off is Jamie that you didn't know about crab feast but that you didn't have to have the saddest party for one I think you won I, I genuinely do. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> no, oh, nothing around it. Yeah. You're like, hey, I had two parents who really loved me and then we went to class and then I you know, like I misbehaved with McDonald's, but like we still had a, a loving like family dinner every night. Maybe it wasn't quite the like, hey, everybody sit around the table, but like there was always a meal and there was always a bit of together time. Nope. Yeah. Oh man. Nope. Man. Nope. Oh man. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. You you should have oh, come oh, over. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I was already wearing out my welcome with the friends that I did have who were, were within walking distance for many a dinner where I think the parents just felt bad. They were like, all right, boys, we're going to have dinner. All right, Brandon, you going to head home? Uh, Yeah, I guess. Okay, that's fine. Brandon, what are you having for dinner? I don't know. I'll, I'll figure something out. Go get a plate. Pull up a chair. We got plenty extra. Oh, Thank you. Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ho hooray. Hooray. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, pizza rolls. It's what's yeah, for it's dinner. It is what's for dinner. It's what's for snack. It is uh, a terrible idea. I forgot even how we got here on the pizza roll. Talk. Yeah, I'm going to start it.
All right, Brandon Chalmers, we are back. Tell the fine people listening to us in their ear holes or watching us on the YouTubes what the fuck this is all about. <laughs> Hurtling through time and space on a mission that only we, the fucking do it cast, could bring to you a message of love, togetherness, friendship. Fast and Furious references, sad short stories, <laughs> and pizza rolls. Pizza rolls! That's right. Upon two golden discs lie the record of the greatest podcast in existence, part of the Hard Knock Media Podcasting Network. And believe me, Jamie, on the other disc, the rest of those podcasts <laughs> on one disc is written the good shit. We're the smaller on the disc. Other, <laughs> on the other, smaller, less shiny disc is written the rest. Behold, you find yourselves in front of what we lovingly call the rest. <laughs> the fucking do it cast. Yeah. Oh, I am man. one half of the show, your disappointing new friend, Brandon Chalmers. And with me today, as I am every day, the real reason you're here, the reason for the season, Jamie motherfucking Noguchi. God damn. I love it. I, 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 I warm myself before your glowing glow. <laughs> It's because this light ha is warmer than this light, so it makes no, it look it's like it's warm. You, you resonate <laughs> a, a, just a light of just goodness. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, thank you for that. Um, yeah. We, before we get into the regular bullshit, we have email from like, Ooh. from March. Wait. Look, man, I got shit to do. I was just about to ask, when was the email? But you just beat me to it. Right. Uh, we got, we got, we got an email from March, um, and this comes okay. to us okay. from Sean. It says, right. "Hello, longtime listener, second time emailer. Congrats on getting access to the emails again." <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, did we read his first email? I, I think so. I think uh, so. Let's hope so. I don't know, Sean, man. If we didn't read your first email, I am really. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> was wondering your thoughts as I see it pop up on Twitter's almost annually. And you two had recently did a partial discussion on it. But artist rates. I apologize if this has already been fully discussed and I missed it. First off, artists need to get paid yes we do and should not undervalue their work but i feel like a lot of the talk centers around cost per hour and that may be an easy way to put it in a twitter post uh i wonder if it hurts the artists that work quickly i think of the tale of the uh, locksmith that was more appreciated and given praise when they were first starting uh and took a lot of effort on a lock job but that diminished when their skills improved and the job went quicker it was just viewed now as a simple and easy job, not, not acknowledging the skill that made it simple. Every artist works at different speeds, and it could create a complicated situation if people start comparing hourly rates and whatnot. Or maybe I'm making it more complicated. I don't know. Thank you, Sean. 
Uh, I definitely have opinions. Brandon, you were going to hop in. I, I was because I, I want to ask Jamie before you kind of put your two cents out there. So as someone on the outside who is not an artist yep. and who has never been commissioned for anything yep. and has only paid other people to create pieces of art. Yep. I asked the question, are we asking what is appropriate for someone to ask you or do you from the artist sense say, hey, um, you know, let's say, Jamie, I come to you with a project, right? Right. And I say, hey, I'd like you to commission, I'd like to, to commission you for one image. I'd like it to be fairly large, so let's say 11 by 17 size. Mm -hmm. And I'd like it to be of, I don't know, uh, me and my dog uh, posing in badass uh, <laughs> Super Sentai poses with armor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. wild, wild shit in the background, yeah. like dealer's choice about what, yeah. what suit we're in or whatever it is. But like yeah. a bit of like in your wheelhouse, not unreasonable, uh, full color, like a color thing. And then like reasonable size. So this way we're not saying like little itty bitty shit. Um, how does that work? Like, so there, what's there are two ways, the there, there are two ways to go about doing it. Some people like to do the hourly rate, like, this will normally take me this amount of time. I'm going to add uh, an extra 0.5 to that because you never know. I'm going to give yeah. the, the I'm going to give the client maybe like one round of feedback. So like I'll I'll send them the sketch and they can come back and say I like this, and then I will I will come up with a price based on my quote unquote hourly rate and the way I work out my hourly rate. There are two hundred thousand working 200,000 working hours no 20,000 that's what it is there's 20,000 working hours in a year you figure out what you want to make as a person divided by 20,000 roughly and that's your quote unquote hourly rate now the problem the the problem with um pricing this way for an artist is the time is going to slide it's either going to take a lot a lot more time or less time. So if it's less time and you and you budgeted it for like eight hours, but you finish it in two, you're going to charge your client for the two hours, but you're, you're going to lose out on the money. Now, the, 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 the problem with hourly pricing in, in my industry is it doesn't take into account the years it takes to develop the skills to draw something quickly. So... <clears throat> So sure, like if you if you came to me with that thing, I might be able to do that quickly because like I know the shapes that are involved. I've seen your face a lot. I know how to draw your face. Right. I know what a dog right, looks like. Right. And so like those things make it go quicker. Um, but the but by pricing it per hour, that doesn't take that into account. So whenever someone comes to me with a, a commission request, I usually charge per project. So I I I. I have a rough sense of how long it's going to take me. I have a rough sense of what I like that price to be. And then I'll just give, give them that person a rate. And, and if I'm, if I'm smart, I will, re I will remember to increase my rate by a certain percentage every year, because hopefully you want to start making more money. Uh, sometimes I forget right. that. Um, so that's so, the, the way I approach it. Um, right. But that doesn't, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of the best way to word this. That doesn't give everyone else a real idea because from my outside perspective, I don't give a fuck how you price yourself. I give a fuck 
what that ending number is. And when I come to you with that project in mind, I have a number in my head about what I'd like the project to be, mm-hmm. what I'm okay with the project being, and what I think is way too fucking much. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine that hopefully you're not pricing at the first one, pricing somewhere in between what I I hope it is and what is too fucking much. This way I bite the bullet anyway. Yeah. You make a little extra mm. and I start appreciating your value more. Yeah. The 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 real the real answer is if someone asks you for commission, you ask them what is your budget. <laughs> there it is. Okay. And if they so come then, back with what is your rates, then you're like, well, now we're at a standoff. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And then you give them your real rate and you say, this is what I would charge for this. Okay. And and if they come back and say that's too much, that's fine. You can go on and do something else. And it's okay right. to to lose a gig. It's okay not there, to do a project. There it is. Yeah. Okay. So it, and that's gotta fine. be the really important thing. Yeah. Now what happened I'm trying to think of the best way to word this. Well, I assume well, your I, rates Well, I also I also someone want, else's ra- I also want to say that like the the way I price things doesn't work across industries. So there's some industries where like certain things take a certain amount of time every time so like you know i I don't want i don't want to impress upon anyone listening to that that like this is the way everyone should be pricing their shit it depends on your industry it depends on the standards all that kind of stuff okay go ahead right okay but like i'm trying to think of the best way to put this um there are a lot of artists with a lot of different skill sets at a lot of different levels of skill set Sure. And you will find a varying degree of those skill sets at conventions. Oh, yeah. And some artists are very good at doing a certain genre in a certain way. And if you ask them to break out of that that area, you will find that they may be very limited. And that is not necessarily their fault. Um, yeah. Just remember what you're asking. Yes. So, yes. Don't ask a porn artist to draw a a cover for a book that's aimed at a young teen woman audience. Don't do that. Marvel comics. Don't do that. You did that. Don't do that. I I know he's great. And I know he's a famous Italian artist, but don't do that. (laughs) Right on. (laughs) So, okay. So then what is, what is the thought? Like, where should, where should I be like as a fan coming in? Cause I think the worst thing I can do is come in with a number that is, way too low how the fuck do i just bite that is it one of those things where like i just need to retrain my brain that if like what happens if you ask me what the budget is right yeah and i don't want to give you an honest answer because i don't want to devalue you and i don't want to scare you off and i definitely don't want to insult you Mm -hmm. but i also don't want to motherfuck my budget so this way if I could get two pieces of art or something like that or yeah. what have you, yeah. I, I'd like to do so. Like, how does one navigate that sort of thing from like, or like, how would you like that to go? Like, I come to you, regular fan, see you at a con, really like your stuff, picked up your books, seen you at Art Fight. Like, I know of you. I follow you on Twitter or Instagram or whatever it is, and I'm a big fan of your shit, but like, I don't know you like right. some people know you. And right. I go, fuck, Jamie, I'd really love a piece of art from you. Like, what are your rates? So, um, <clears throat> what, whatever, uh, whatever anyone's rates are in our community, they're too low. 
even if they seem high, they're too low. They are very, they're very low. They are based on estimates from like the fucking seventies, and shit has increased since then. So whatever, any, especially kids at the anime tables, your rates are too low. Five dollars for a full full color marker sketch. That's too. That's too low. That's too low. And if are you, they motherfucking everybody else? Well, yeah. It's like you know, I can get this color full sc- color sketch from this kid for five bucks. Why would the I bother marks. giving you thirty? The mark. Yeah, off. yeah. Um, I would just say if you are commissioning some kid and they're charging you five dollars, throw them a tip. Throw them a twenty. Tell them to keep the change because five dollars for what some of these kids are doing at the anime anime cons. Their shit is good. It is amazing. They deserve to be paid. I don't know why no one is telling them that. And if you're a commissioner, be kind. Educate them. Say, look, this is at least $20. Give them the $20 and and help them out. Um, So if someone's coming to me and I ask their budget and it's it's too low, I will will come back and, and say, well, this is what I normally charge. You know, we can work something out if you want to do a payment, but like, I don't need the payment up front, all, all, all the way up front. Like what, what you're offering could be a down payment. I'll send you the sketch. I won't deliver the final thing until you're good. Right. Until, until you pay the rest of it or whatever it is. Yeah. It's an understanding of, I get the fact that you may not have this money right now. And I get the fact that you'd like this, but I'm not going to devalue myself and I'm not going to cut you a break just because and devalue myself. Yeah. Um, the, the danger is, uh, a lot of my friends ask me for stuff and, (laughs) and like, I, I always undercharge or I do it for free. Like if it's something that, if it's like a silly sketch or if it's like, like a, a, a a super sentai design or something like, like if Mike Dent asked me for something, I've never charged him a cent because I love him to death. And like, I've, I've done some designs for him. I've done like, you know, feature art because like there there are some people you just want to work with um and that's and that's fine that's a personal choice as you yeah as a business owner can decide what you want to do yeah so as a general rule here's what i'm thinking yeah right yeah you walk up to jamie and you have an idea in your head as to what the value of that's going to be be prepared to pay at least double whatever that number is I don't yeah. give a fuck what it is. <laughs> Be prepared to pay double. Now, yeah. if it is half of that, <laughs> expect yourself as a good person to tip at least 25 more percent on top of that. Yeah. You're you go in thinking it's a hundred dollars, Jamie goes, ah, eh, 50 bucks. You need to throw $75 <laughs> at Jamie. Yeah. You need to. And you need to. And this is also a factor true. And it probably should even be higher for tattoos as well. Oh, sh- for sure. Don't for sure. Dare. Yeah. Dare. Go get a fucking tattoo after you and the artist have agreed on a price and not fucking tip them. Yeah. I mean, come on. Because they do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And th- it is a permanent piece of art. Don't be a fucking cheap ass about something that is going to be on your skin and in the same sense if it's going to go up on your wall and you're going to really appreciate it don't fucking cheap out there too yeah and if you suddenly decide that like i don't know 35 dollars, i feel like i could get that for 20 fuck you march <laughs> on yeah. march on yeah it's you it, don't deserve that it's it's really de- it, yeah it's yeah, like if it's a if it's a print 
if if the artist has decided that they want to make prints and they want to sell prints at a certain price, there is an understanding here that they are advertising this price. I had no problem with that from my end of the table. I hope you have no issue with that from your end of the table. Yeah, I mean, when you're doing prints, like it is what it is. Like if, right, if prints, you're smart about it, it's whatever. Yeah, if yeah. you're smart about it, you're charging like two and a half or three and a half times what it costs you to make. Um, uh, it, way more than that. But but like you know, yeah, print the print price is a print price. If it's like a small little postcard size right. bullshit, five bucks, who right. cares? Whatever. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. You're you're gonna you're gonna make your money back on that. Like, yeah, genuinely. Yeah, it's a volume game. Get the shit are, out of the door. <laughs> if you are getting an original, if you are g- doing a commission, quit being a cheap ass or stop fucking asking them. Yeah, because you're just hurting yourself. Because like you may genuinely come in with the best of intentions and then get priced out and then be pissed off at them for taking value in themselves as an artist. And honestly, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you walk away after asking somebody their commission rates and they're too high and you go, ugh, fuck yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like genuinely, fuck yourself. Because you weren't really that much of a fan because you really didn't value them that much. You valued them when you thought you could get a break. Mm -hmm. And you don't take advantage of people like that, especially not people that you admire. I think that's true. I, it's, it's really depressing to see to, to work in comics, to work in this industry, to see that like a lot of what's popular entertainment or mainstream stuff is, is based on comics. And then to have, you know, to go back to the marketplaces and see fellow creators struggling because no one's paying them their rates for shit, for stuff. Yeah. That's, that's depressing as hell. Cause clearly people are resonating with these stories. People are resonating with this art. Like this has helped all of us get through this bullshit, but no one's going to pay them. <laughs> like, right. Like what the fuck is that? Um, so yeah, I mean that, that's, that's how I, I like to approach things. Um, asking, asking what the rate is and what your rate is. And if, if you don't have an answer, well then we have a standoff. And then I, I, and then I up my response by a little bit. <laughs> Cause I'd be like, well shit, if you're not going to tell me, I'm going to, I'm going right. to shoot for the moon. <laughs> Yeah. Now, l- let me ask you a question then to go along with that. If I lowball you, are you upset? No, because these are things that are are not talked about openly amongst artists. Okay. And okay. my rates are going to be different from other people's rates. Um, you okay. Know. So, so just for, for conversation's sake, right? Yeah. So like I come up to you. I, you know, we're chit-chatting or whatever it is. I talk about being a big fan. Let's say I pick up a print and then I'm like, hey man, I'd really love for you to commission something. And you ask me inevitably what's the the question. Yeah. What 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 is what is the budget? What is the well, what uh, is the budget? What is the time frame? Because that's another thing. If you need it quick, the 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 price goes up. <laughs> okay, so let's assume it's Saturday morning at a con. It's about 10:30 in the morning. Yeah. And you say well, I'm here all weekend. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what the right rate is. I, I guess I was thinking maybe like 50, 60 bucks. I, I don't know. Is that wrong? How do you respond to that? I would say, well, for 50, this is what I could do for you if I'm here. Like I could do, this is, this is what I'm willing to do for this amount of money. Here we go. Now we're talking, now we're talking timeline too, because now this yeah. limits yeah. the ability of what I'm able to get too, yeah. because now I'm being honest. Yeah. Cause like 
you don't want to have to deal with fucking shipping this shit. No, 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 no. This home with me, so yeah. reasonably, like if we're talking about a commission. There is a finite time. That's yeah. the other thing too. Yeah, yeah. If you were a fan and you want a commission from an artist that you like, get to them early in the con weekend and ask straight up. Yeah. So this way, you know that they're not. Don't go to a motherfucker and ask for a commission on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's bad. <laughs> anyway, so to double back, yeah. So yeah, so. You're you're talking to me, and you know you decide whatever the rate is, and you don't have to throw a number out there. Right, right, but, right. But the idea is, let's say that I was conservatively forty dollars short mm-hmm. of what you were thinking. Yeah, I I would tell that person like I know it's the last day, it's it's the con. I don't have a lot of time to do this thing. This is what I can do for that. If you wanted something more intricate, here's my contact information. We could work out a deal later. Um, right. Like when we both can sit down and have a paper trail and I could have a better idea of what exactly you want. If you want something at this show, quick and dirty, this is what I could do for you. There you go. Or okay. you or you could so, buy this print or this book that has, you know, more finished stuff that probably took me longer than. <laughs> right. But but like I'm I'm again in this model, I'm already buying, let's say, a print already. So I'm already giving you money up front. Like, yeah. Hey, here's a transaction. I appreciate you. Yeah. By the way, that's another thing. If you walk up, unless they recognize you from buying every other thing on their fucking table, spend a couple dollars before you buy a commission. Pick up something. Yeah. Move that merch. Because that merch costs money for them to get there. Move that merch. Yeah. Give it as a gift at Christmas. The there there are some artists who can who who will have like a commission list and they'll may they'll maybe take like ten or maybe four or five at the show. And spend the entire show working. Like I've seen some really famous artists, they'll they'll have like five slots open for the weekend, and it'll be like three hundred bucks a slot. And and like, that's and that's great, but they're not running their own tables. No, and they have an army of motherfuckers. <laughs> and that's that's it's the amazing. Other thing too, is I like, wish I was rolling like that deep. <laughs> and, and I wish you were too. Like I wish you could do that shit, and I could just man the table all weekend and fucking move merch and what have you. Yeah, and she'd be like. <laughs> Maybe this person's a really big fan. Can I get two minutes and get a photo? And you'd be like, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. And you pop up and yeah. you like hop up on top of the table and like fucking hit them with one of these. Yeah. They're Woo! all like, holy shit, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> and you like, you fist bump somebody because the pandemic's over and you're like, hey, thanks. I really appreciate you. And a big fucking high five and then back to the chair. And you're like, god damn, it's great to be a comic artist. Yeah. And then you move the fuck on. But yeah. Because not everybody gets to be fucking Pouches McGee Liefeld. Don't get to do that <laughs> Pouches shit. McGee. <laughs> uh, there, are, there are a couple of alternatives too. If, uh, if your favorite artist has a Patreon, some of the tiers will have original art with it. Like my friend Monica, she has a tier where, she, where she'll send you like a, a little mini print every once in a while. And that's original art. And that's way, way more affordable than if you like commissioned her directly. So she'll do like a set of things and like you get to pick one as long as it's available and you get yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. a mini print. And that's really cool. Um, Absolutely. Another thing to keep an eye out for is if your favorite artist will is, is accepting commissions. Like sometimes they'll go on Twitter and they say their bio will say commissions open or they'll have like a couple of slots available, that kind of stuff. And that will give right. you an idea of the pricing that they're looking for. Yeah, for that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the 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 one group of fans that n- that never has a problem with paying what the commission is worth are the furry fans, 
and never, I never got into furry art. I probably should have because you know I've I've only heard amazing stories from artists who do that. Like they have no problem commissioning, like they they have no problem with your prices. <laughs> There's still time. There's still plenty. Of time. There's still plenty of cons. There's still yeah. Um, so that's, that's, that's my outlook on the way we should be pricing things. Um, you know, yeah. And, I, and, uh, don't, don't go into this thinking that you're not good enough because a lot of us do that when we start out like, Oh, well, my stuff is only worth two bucks. I will smack you in the fucking face. Your shit is worth more than $2 because yeah. you're doing something that the person who asked you to draw them a thing isn't doing. Yeah. <clears throat> so don't don't uh i mean imposter syndrome is real but don't let that prevent you from pricing things appropriately and if you don't get a lot of commissions on a weekend that's okay that's okay that's okay yeah, it doesn't it, it's not a fucking race yeah. to get a bunch of commissions but yeah. you should be prepared to do that dance on both sides of the table so yeah. I, that's why I wanted to kind of cover it from both ends to make sure that, like, as a fan, you need to have some fucking expectations and know that the person you're across the table from, that you want them to do this work for you, you're hiring them. Yeah. If someone hired you, how would you feel? Yeah. Don't undercut them or don't ask them at all. Yeah. And and the other thing is uh, some some artists will put together sketchbooks and I, I can't afford to commission a lot of my favorite artists, but I can pick up their sketchbook and I can pick yeah. up like their art book and I can pick up like these other things with them. And they have these beautiful finished pieces or you can see their sketches. You can get an idea of what they were thinking about when they came up with a thing. So like there, there are many different ways to support an artist when it comes time to commission somebody that's that you're establishing a somewhat personal relationship and yeah. you hope it's a good one. You hope it's, you hope it's good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So, Jamie, what are we talking about? Uh, well, uh, it, this was it, this was going to be a light show anyway because uh, we we were doing the email. I wasn't sure how long the email was going to take, but I left gotcha. it open. So, uh, Brandon, what have you been geeking on? So this week, I ended up getting a <clears throat> basically challenged uh, at work that we had a gentleman. So the way that everything works, where where I am, uh, you get a job. You know what I mean? You you do the bid. Uh, you know, the, the general contractor's like, yep, you guys are great. Your price is super good. That's awesome. All right, cool. Now, we then basically have to do what are called shop drawings. And essentially what they are is they explain to everyone involved, like they take your they take the plans that exist, and if we need to modify something, like, hey, the architect doesn't fucking understand how this works, but they sure as shit drew it anyway. <laughs> a lot. A lot. Um, you guys have to then change the way it looks and really point it out and mark it on, like, the diagram of, like, hey, okay, this is here, and this is here, and this is here, and this is here, and, like, you know... The, the deck is here where the roof starts and the, it's the metal that everything sits on top of. And then how do you assemble everything to the point where you get to the stuff that like the air conditioning units sit on, you walk on and you see when you drive by a building and what have you like, okay, cool. So like you got to put all that stuff together. All that stuff happens in AutoCAD. Yeah. So what ended up happening is we had a gentleman who was taking care of this. 
He's decided to move on <clears throat> to greener pastures and shut down his business. Oh, uh, not a bad thing. No, no, no. He, he decided to go work for a much larger company. Yeah. And was like, you know, what? I'm, I'm done doing the freelance thing. I, I am folding up my business. So we've had a lot of trouble finding a, a, someone to end up doing this job. So they ended up biting the bullet. And at least in the meantime, you boys learn an AutoCAD. Hell yeah. But doing it on like a crash course kind of style. Oh yeah. So like, Best way to learn 3D. Just get in there. Right. No. Well, hang on a second. Now here's the thing. Not 3D. AutoCAD has a version, has a 2D version ah, called LT. Aha. All of the just only working in a 2D format. So okay. in theory, if I learn how to operate and function and create all the lines and points and navigation and everything else like that, moving to a 3D structure is very similar. Yep. Yep. yep but yep. in the industry that I'm at, there's no reason for us to do 3D. Ah, cool. Like it's just it's not it's not necessary at all. Because, like, you can do a diagram of a building or whatever it is in 2D. Like, that's what architectural drawings are. So, like, it, it makes sense. So, I ended up uh, getting, like, the old computer that they had for it. That's like, some sort of ridiculous fucking, like, custom-built workhorse. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I started... Quad-core. <laughs> last thursday or just yeah thursday of last week so we nice. record on tuesdays yeah so i started on thursday uh i found a linkedin learning course on hell how yeah. to do this hell yeah and uh i officially submitted my first set of drawings that got approved by both the architect and my boss and everything else i got today hell yeah so i went from not understanding it to taking some drawings putting everything together, getting everything together, putting together some systems that submitted uh, a whole set that was like 14 draw, uh, fourteen PDFs nice. uh, worth of drawings. Nice. So I guess that's what I'm doing now for the time being. I hope that comes <laughs> but, with uh, a bump, bump, and pain. We will see how that goes. <laughs> I, th I, I think right now it's a, there's not enough of those jobs to merit like it being a new position or whatever it is, but. That's a value I'd add like, like a motherfucker, dude. Uh, yeah, I'd like to believe at the least I'm on everyone's good list because yeah. I literally had a a very okay. So uh, I will not mention the company that I work for. I will not dig into a whole lot of things, but there was a really great story. So uh, as a joke, my my boss was like, "Hey, so by the way, once you figure out how to start drawing everything in there, I need you to draw a real big dick, and then I need you to put it in one of the owner's offices." <laughs> He's like, I mean, and by the way, he's not picky about the dick. So like you can draw like a big one and a small one. Like he's, he's equal opportunity for whatever that like he just loves dick. And I'm like, yeah, OK, get it. Yeah. OK. Construction guys. So as a joke, I then as like one of the first things I tried to draw, like just nothing else on the screen was just a big old dick. Here's a phallus. Right. And literally like. Uh, printed in PDF and forwarded over to my boss and I was like hey what do you think and he calls me and he's like I'd like to start by saying that's a great penis and I was like let me stop you right there I was like, I'd like you to start every conversation with me with I'd like to start by saying that's a great penis because it's a really great icebreaker like makes me feel really good you tend to call me at like 6.15 in the morning so not for nothing but sometimes especially in the colder months the sun's not even up and I really 
That's a confidence booster. Yeah, that's a confidence booster. That's a great penis. But see, now, if you have a water jet on site, you can send the CAD drawing to the water jet and it will cut it out in whatever gauge steel you want. So you could not only give him a PDF, you could have a steel dick and send it to your boss. <laughs> well, see, we, we have a metal fab shop that literally like break bends shit and everything else like that. So they, they usually handle all that shit from the shop drawing. So yeah. it would be basically me handing off my work. Like, Jamie, if, if somebody commissioned you to do a drawing for a tattoo artist, similar thing of they're going to take a little bit of, of artistic yeah, uh, yeah. freedom with your work and be like, they might make the it source bigger. Was real good. <laughs> right. But like, I definitely think it needed to be a bit bigger. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, though. <laughs> yeah. Getting so, in the CAD uh, shit. Yeah. It, it, it like lovingly inappropriate, but it, it was really nice in the, like that was uh that was Friday. I sent that over and got that really fun compliment. <laughs> but like today sent everything over and like total humble brag, but it was great having my boss call me and go, Hey, not for nothing. You should seriously pat yourself on the fucking back. Well done. Hell yeah. Like, Cause you had no help doing this. I was like, thanks boss. Appreciate that. That's so great. That, yeah. So that was at least really nice. Like I know I am Jesus Christ a long way away from being even good at it. I think I got very lucky with the ones that I did, but it's nice to walk into a new skill set and be like, yep, cool. I did the thing. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yep. Nice. What are you geeking about, Jamie? Uh, So I'm going to spend the rest of this cast blowing smoke up a Keith Chow's ass uh, because the boy's making moves. So Keith asked me to, speaking of commissions, Keith asked to, uh, he's, he's starting a new podcast called Shelf Conscious, where he talks about action figures and toys and collections, and basically all about his Batman toys, his giant shelf of Batman toys. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that's going to have to be most of the episodes, um, <clears throat> but he's going to be talking to like creators and people who make the stuff and people who manufacture the stuff and all that kind of stuff. So right, he, right. he asked for um, a podcast a masthead i guess that's what you call it like whatever our fucking do it logo is um, uh, okay like pot i i think i've heard it called podcast art which feels like a really broken like dumb version of that but yeah essentially i get what you mean like a logo for the show something to throw up on social media basically yeah. like a recognizable symbol that yeah. goes along with the with the actual name of the show yeah so like if you if you look at it in itunes or or spotify or, or wherever you get your podcast, that's going to be the image that you see. So I sent him over a couple of logo designs and he was like, these are kind of cool, but I was thinking of really having like a, like a toy shelf or something like that. So I, I drew up a shelf with all kinds of shit. Um, the, the S and C and shelf conscious, I turned into like a Gundam joint thing with a giant fist going like, yeah, I, I drew okay. the, I drew the Batmobile, but I, I did it I did a like a shiny chrome version in the trans flag. This, this way you don't get shut down. Yeah, so it's got like blue, pink, and white, but it's got that Batman uh, Batmobile shape. Uh, I did nice, a, nice. I did a Dharma doll. I did a chubby Godzilla and a robot and like all sorts of shit. And then um, he wanted he wanted a theme song because hey. I I do theme I did I did our theme song. Uh, I did my own themes for Super Art Fight. I've got. I've got a, I've I've got three tracks on, like, I do music on the side. So I, he was like, you know, if you just have like a like a thing you can throw together or just like a, a track you're not using. I, hey, just do me a favor. Can you just write me a song? Like, <laughs> well, no, he didn't ask that. He was like, if if you have any tracks that you're not using or any any stuff like, 
I'm I'm like pretty much every other musician that you know. There's there's ideas all over the place. There's like half right, recorded right. ideas here and there. So like I've got yeah. I've got tracks that I haven't used yet. So I was like, okay, well, um, why don't I be ec- extra and not only make him a theme song, but like drop eight verses uh, about toy collecting and all that kind of stuff. So I recorded him a song. And <laughs> Uh, I'll I'll drop that in uh, at the end of this so you can hear it uh, and all I that see. kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, so like I, I sent hey, that. Wait, over. wait, hang on. Has he approved it? Yeah, yeah. He okay. He even just, just making sure you weren't dropping the song. Yeah. Before you actually clear it with the boss. No, he even he. Oh, me dropping the thing. Well, I'm just gonna drop the track. But he he recorded a teaser podcast with the track as the intro, and I was like, holy shit because i sent it to him i didn't get a response back and then all of a sudden all it started showing up on social media and he recorded a thing that was i guess i guess he liked it or i guess it's one of those things well uh he sent this so i'm gonna use it (laughs) so you don't actually know if he likes i don't know if he likes it or not he's got it and he's gonna use it because i guess he just goes i guess it's fucking better than nothing i get a it's better than dead air it's better than like Welcome to Self Conscious. I'm Keith Chow, and blah blah blah. Uh, so, um, but uh, have you seen the the latest GI Joe trailer for the Snake Eyes movie? I have not yet. Brandon Chalmers, holy motherfucking shit! Is there a motorcycle that turns itself once into <laughs> missiles? There are motorcycles, but there are swords, and the lead who's playing Snake Eyes is Asian. So, yeah. So, Snake Eyes is not Asian. And I don't know if you didn't know this, but like Snake Eyes, so when I was growing up, I always assumed Snake Eyes was Asian because it was the 80s and anything that had to do with ninjas, they were Asian. And I was like, "Okay, Snake yeah, Eyes has got to be that, Asian." That that makes sense to me cuz I thought Storm Shadow was uh was Asian. Storm Shadow is Asian. Snake Eyes okay. is not. Snake Eyes is some okay. Snake Eyes is some white blonde boy. And for for the longest Really? Yes. And for the longest he iron fisted they iron fisted it. And so this is this is why I gotta give this up to Keith Chow, because this has been a this has been a character flaw that's that's stuck in his crawl forever. Like when I first met him, he was like, I can't believe Snake Eyes is Asian. We're talking about where to get dumplings, <laughs> that is Keith. An interesting opening line. Yeah. <laughs> of like uh, I can't believe Snake Eyes is an Asian. Look up. We're, uh, we're trying to order I'll, bubble tea. I'll take the Whiskey River barbecue burger <laughs> yeah. and uh, I guess a Diet Coke. Yeah. Keith, uh, what do you want? I still can't fucking believe he's not I can't Asian. believe he's a blonde white guy. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so when Iron Fist came out, Keith did a post about like, this is really disappointing. They should make Iron Fist Asian. And it started this whole movement around it. People talking about like the way that the Marvel universe treats Asians in its, in its canon and all that kind of stuff, like the Mandarin thing, the ancient thing and all that kind of stuff. Then a couple of years ago, they announced Shang-Chi master of Kung Fu with an Asian lead and an Asian director. And like, right. I, I, I kind of attribute that to Keith. I kind of attribute the motion behind that. Like I want to give him as much credit as possible because People were kind of talking about that before, but like posting that on the Nerds of Color website gave everybody like a focal point to like, these are the articles that get sent around. This is a platform that that we can use to get these ideas out there. Keith got a lot of interviews because of that post. He, he did a whole panel about representation at San Diego Comic-Con. So like 
I, I kind of feel like Keith helped push that along. So seeing uh, Snake Eyes as an Asian actor, an Asian lead, I, th- I feel like this is another thing that Keith Chow helped usher along and push into the forefront. Let me ask a very important question. Yeah. Has he gotten an interview with the person playing Snake Eyes? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was the first thing out of his mouth. <laughs> you should probably thank me. <laughs> it should have been. It should have been. It should have been. It should have been because Keith Chow has that power. Like <laughs> He's got that pull. He's got that pull. I feel like he's got that pull. Brandon Chalmers, we are in... The presence of greatness. We are part of the the network. <laughs> hang on, hang on. So is this is this supposed to be the same one that were in the other GI Joe movies? Or I we don't know yet. I don't. I don't know because I think this is like an origin story kind of thing. Um, right, but in theory, then it's the same person, right? Like, because if that's an origin story, then later on we would end up having the other ones, which means in theory. That's the person who was standing awkwardly in Bruce Willis's kitchen <laughs> in that second G.I. Joe movie. And if that's the case, that's my favorite Joe. Yeah. Like, th- yeah. that's that's my favorite Joe. I think th- one of them is on Netflix right now. Uh, sure. Which okay. is the one with the, probably the second one. Which is the one with the robot suits? That's the second one? The second one, I think. Oh, okay. So that is the one where the, the, the motorcycle what turned into a missile. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the second one. And the rock yeah, is wasn't in. that the one where like Dwayne? Yeah, but like Dwayne shows up for like a hot cup of coffee in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he basically pulls a Scorpion King with that shit. <laughs> I'm here. Pay me. Like, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you want? How long do you want the rock? Do you want the rock for like the 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 full experience, or do you want the Scorpion King? Rate? Like, I just I need to know what I'm doing here. Yeah. Um. So I f- I feel like. I feel like Keith helped usher this new era of people giving a shit about Asian Americans in Hollywood. Um, I I don't want to say single handedly, but I kind of feel like he he was one of the people on the forefront pushing this out there, yelling the loudest and getting noticed. And that that's the thing because people can yell and not get noticed. And Keith, he has a way of getting people to notice. So like when he says he's going to drop a new podcast about toys. SH figure arts better get ready to send him some shit. Cause like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 People better be on notice. Keith knows how to make, make moves and shit. (laughs) Exactly. And he knows an audience to get behind and he knows when he's got something really great and he definitely knows how to really support everything and like really, uh, you know, get some great interviews and some great features and great merch for the podcast and everything else like that. Yeah. And it brings me to a very interesting question. Where the fuck is our stuff? <laughs> he, he owes us New Year's dinner. He owes us New Year's dinner. <laughs> Let's be clear. He owes us fucking nothing. But I will absolutely shout, where the fuck is my New Year's dinner? Where's my New Year's dinner, Keith? Kung <laughs> Hefa Choi, where's my shit? <laughs> yeah, and he's going to be like, yeah, I took away one of the courses for every fucking week's of podcast y'all miss. Like, congratulations. You owe me New Year's dinner. <laughs> Yeah, so I uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for Keith. I uh, I I implore you as soon as we're off here, uh look at look look at that trailer. It looks dope as shit. It looks great. It looks great. 
Yeah, I'm always behind a rad action movie, especially like um, honestly, the less plot, the better. <laughs> yeah, like you're talking to somebody. <laughs> yeah, God damn it. it! That's actually what I want to know. I'm genuinely excited about the idea about them being an Asian actor, but I ask the important question: Is the RZA involved? <laughs> oh, I hope so. I hope so. Because if the RZA isn't involved, I don't want to say disappointed is the word that comes to mind, but like, why not? Yeah, he, like, should, he should be there. Was he not available? He should be there. He should be on the soundtrack. Like, he did, should be there. Did he, did he turn you down? Was he, was he like... Yeah, you know, I can I can I can be there, but y'all need to cast me as Duke. Bong bong. Like, <laughs> like unless that's it. Which honestly, cast the Riz as Duke. Like, who cares? Yeah. God. He needs to make more stuff. I loved uh Man with the Iron Golden Fist or whatever his Kung Fu movie was. That shit was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit was great. Man, I don't know. Everyone hating on it. I was like, have you seen a Kung Fu movie? What is wrong with you? Yeah, that shit was amazing. <laughs> don't let just as a general rule, don't let anyone who sings the praises of a Wes Anderson movie tell you <laughs> what they think of an action film ever. <laughs> ever. Look, look at these eyes. OK, if you have a friend who gets real excited about a Wes Anderson movie, they are so bored. don't ever let them tell you about how good or bad an action film is they are not qualified <laughs> they are a podiatrist doing open heart surgery they've seen how surgery works they got no idea how to get to the ticker baby they don't know they don't know <laughs> just oh, a man. bunch of fucking owen mill owen wilson's just running around oh yeah everything wow 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 oh, yeah. wow yeah. Like, fuck you like, <laughs> Wow. 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 Fuck right. it. Yeah, Fuck like wow. right. Yeah. I, I, unless we cast another fucking Expendables movie and we replace someone, if we replace Terry Crews weirdly enough with Owen Wilson, <laughs> just cuz Terry Crews is kind of a shit at the moment, let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Terry. Let's do that. <laughs> we replace Stallone with Idris Elba, yep. like everything will even itself out. Yep. We can let Stallone direct. It'll be great. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'm super here for all of this. I put Tignataro in it just cause. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck. Let's make Tignataro the the like the big baddie. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 You ever wanted to see Tignataro in one of those fucking rad ass like full on military regalia like oh. uniforms? With the shoulder pieces and like the way too much fucking uh or like uh, uh medals and stuff like that on the yeah, chest yeah. and whatever thing. Yeah. And the big fucking hat and everything's real sharp and everything. Bling, oh bling. yeah. And let them be a dictator of some sort of weird unknown-ish country. Like it's kinda Latveria, but it's not really Latveria. But like, oh yeah, full on just let that shit happen. Because <laughs> the idea of the ending fight between Idris Elba and Tignataro <laughs> while Owen Wilson is running through the background wow. with an automatic shotgun just going, you just hear, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, 
It's too good. Oh, it's too good not to have. Yeah. Uh, well, we just uh, we just saved action movies, Brandon Chalmers. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we always? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, good luck to Keith. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. I'm excited. Yep, congratulations, for, boss. Well yeah, done. And uh, everyone, keep an eye out for him because he has his hands on the pulse, fingers on the pulse. He's making yep. shit happen. Yeah, he understands what the fuck the kids are into, which is not something that we do. So, yep. At least, especially this guy right here, <laughs> me. No fucking clue. All right, Brandon. Uh, where can people find you? You can find me uh, supporting all the things the kids are into on Instagram. That's where <laughs> the kids are. Uh, at that guy Chalmers. Uh, Jamie, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Jamie Noguchi. It's still cicada season, so I'm still posting a bunch of cicadas. They're beautifully stupid. Um, yeah, it's the reason for the season. Yeah, you can find me at uh, on Twitter, Angry Zen Master. Uh, YouTube, wherever this is. Uh, oh, and we will respond to email. It might be like a month or two later, but we will respond to email. <laughs> so you can email us at info at fuckingdoitcast.com. Uh, and, you know, it's all good. Yeah. Make sure that the emails are very specific as far as being seasonal. Uh, this way we answer them in a timely manner. Yeah. Talking about cicadas in December. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Honestly, you know what the funny thing is? You you were talking about that, and all I could think is, yeah, cicadas, the reason for the season. And then my brain went, hey, you know what is great about the reason for the season? Those awesome Calvin and Hobbes comics that have nothing to do with snow. And I was like, boy, it'd be great to see one of those with just nothing but cicada bodies all over the ground. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right, all right. Just, we're just cicada shells. <laughs> just crunch, 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 crunch. crunch, crunch. <laughs> all right, bye. This ain't just a Toy Story or a four in a box. These in. are the stories of action, toy glory, and we're clocking. S H figure arts, black series, or hot toys. Figures with transformation sequences that make noise. Check out the joints and the many points of articulation. We're celebrating the global collector nation. Sit back, relax, and get ready to rock this. Here's the real chow. Welcome to Shelf Conscious. Conscious.